When the game is over, the fun begins. Interviews, highlights, analysis, and your opinion. This is Overtime Open Line. Brought to you by the Canadian Brewhouse. Now, from the Terry Peranich Team Broadcast Center, Reed Wilkins, Reed Wilkins on Oilers on Radio, Oilers. 630 Chad. Muzzin recovers the puck for Los Angeles. Kopitar, left wing for Dustin Brown. He'll gain the Edmonton line and take it to the far corner. Dish back to Muzzin, a drive, a save made. A rebound sitting there, and Kopitar can't put it home, either on the forehand or the backhand. Cam Talbot shutting the door again. Nothing goes by him for the second straight game at Rogers Place. 35 saves tonight. The Oilers get goals in the first period from Maroon and Lucic, and they take down the Los Angeles Kings 2-0. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. It's 9.56 at Rogers Place with Rob Brown. I'm Reed Wilkins. It's Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Terry Perandis Team Broadcast Center. We'll have post-game reaction from both teams. You can call 780-496-0063. You can also text 630-630. Well, Rob, as he has been so often this season, Cam Talbot is the story. He's up to seven shutouts on the year. Only one guy has more. You may have heard of him. His name has, is Braden Holtby. This is turning into, quite frankly, one of the best goaltending years in the history of the Oilers. Well, it's looking like Cam Talbot's going to have his name in the running for the Vezina at the end of this season. I mean, Holtby is playing for the number one team in the National Hockey League. Uh, Talbot's with three victories away from tying a record set by Grant Fuhr for most victories ever by an Edmonton Oiler. And, and again, he was, he was outstanding tonight. I, I, I don't think he had, an, I mean, the 35 shots are a lot of shots. I don't know if there's a lot of grade-A scoring opportunities, but when he did face them, uh, he made it look easy. And maybe, maybe that's a part of the problem. When you watch to get 35 shots, everything seems to look easy to him, so you don't give him enough credit for the type of game he had. But I don't think there was any time tonight that I thought, oh, you know what, if L.A. gets one here, they're going to come back in this game because you never felt they were going to get one. So Cam Talbot, uh, most nights, has been the better goaltender of the, in the goaltending battle. And again tonight, against one of the best in the world in Jonathan Quick, Cam Talbot was the better goalie. So it's the third time in Talbot's career he has recorded shutouts in back-to-back -back starts. He did it in November of 2013 and November of uh, 2014 as a member of the New York Rangers. The slight difference there was they weren't back-to-back -back games for his team. So this is the first time he actually does it in back-to-back -back team games. Either way, still pretty impressive. Oilers win it 2-0. And in terms of the team picture here, Again, a positive step for the Oilers, that tight Pacific division. The Oilers are now in second. They have the same number of points as Anaheim. They have the tiebreaker over Anaheim. Calgary in fourth, just one point back. But now with San Jose losing to Dallas of all teams tonight, one nothing. Rob, the Oilers can at least uh, think a, a little bit about that top spot in the division. Ten games to go. They're four points behind the Sharks. And they have two games against San Jose Sharks. Yep. So it is a possibility. I, the Oilers are playing well. And right now it's a little race with the Flames and the Ducks. All three teams are playing well. Other teams have slowed down a little bit, and that's allowed uh, you know, San Jose slowing down has allowed the other three teams to believe not only of second, third, and fourth, but to get first into the pitcher. But it's simple for the Oilers. Win your games. You're going to move up in the standings, and you have a chance either of winning the division, of hosting a, the first playoff game as a home team, and, and they control their destiny now. Every they all have ten games left in, in the in the league, the two the two three and four teams, and I'm Calgary and Edmonton. 
And if Edmonton wins more than the other teams, they've got the second seed, and if not, the first seed. So they control their destiny. That's all you want coming down the stretch is to be able to not have to worry about other teams playing. You simply can do it on your own by winning your games. That highlight you heard off the top was Cam Talbot's save of the game for Armor Insurance. Complete a free quote for a $10 Tim card at armorinsurance.ca. 2-0 the final. The Oilers' eight-game homestand ends by them winning the last four games and going 5-2-1. and one. So obviously, you know, it didn't start off. It's a disappointing game against the Islanders. Great game against Pittsburgh. And, hey, if they win that shootout, they're 6-2 they're on the homestand. You know, six minutes away from uh, maybe a win or at least a point against Montreal. So, I mean, overall, I think you got to say good homestand. I mean, 12 out of 16 points probably would have been 12 or more would have been great. Uh, but they, they, they wind up with 11, and I think for the, for the most part, um, you know, beat the teams that they needed to beat. No, I, I think they're pretty happy the way things have gone. I mean, it, it's there's going to be games you play well and you don't win. There's going to be games that you, you struggle in and you win, but I think the Oilers, their record on this homestand shows how they played. They won big games when they needed to, and when, you know, was it four or five games ago when we were sitting here and we're getting the phone calls about change the lines up. The team's struggling. How are they going to do going down the stretch? They can't win these games against bad teams. And we just kept saying every team has a peak and valley. And the, the Oilers hit a little teeny valley there, and they bounced back. And they bounced back in a big way, winning big games. And their star players stepped up and, and were fantastic over the last few games. So uh, that's why when I was talking to Bob afterwards, I'm looking forward to the Anaheim game. I think that'll be the first real big test. Because it's a, it's a team that they're challenging for, for a spot in the playoffs. And there's a very good chance that the Oilers could play Anaheim in the first round. So this could be a preview of what you're going to see in the first round. Should be a fun night. Well, and I think that's a good way to put it. I mean, it, these, these challenges are, are, are fun. Let's see where we're at. It's not at a point where one loss is going to derail the whole Oilers' season or, or cripple their playoff chances. Uh, I mean, they are, they are going to get in. It's just a matter of their, their seeding. In terms of that magic number we often get asked about, Rob, it is nine points to finish ahead of the L.A. Kings, assuming the Kings remain the best non-playoff team in the West. So that's any combination of points the Oilers get and the Kings don't get. So four came off that total tonight because you also subtract the the, the two that L.A. didn't get. So uh, the Oilers are, are going to be in for the first time since 2006. The first period tonight, I mean, the, the, now give the Kings credit for fighting back after that, and it, it's, it's hard to maintain a high pace like that too for the team that's ahead. But maybe the best, if, if not, it's on a short list for best period of the year by the Oilers. They outshot L.A. 15-7 and outscored them 2-0, and there's the final in the game. Well, the L.A. Kings are a team you don't want to fall behind against. They, they are comfortable playing a one nothing game and trapping it up the entire final, whatever it is that they have the lead for. The Oilers knew they had to come out and play better than they did against the Vancouver Canucks. They knew they were playing a desperate team in L.A., considering L.A. had lost the night before in Calgary. And Edmonton came out, and they, they were great. Uh, they forced things. They got pucks in deep. They forced L.A. to play like the team that was, uh, well, the team that they are, a non-playoff hockey club. The Oilers were better in every aspect through the first 20 minutes. They got their lead, and after they got their lead, they got to do what L.A. usually does to them, sit on it. 
and force the LA Kings to get outside their, their comfort zone. And the LA Kings are not a team that's going to come back from two down. They just don't have the horses anymore. So 2 nothing. the Oilers win it. If you're on hold at 780-496-0063, we're getting to you right away. But I think a lot of people want to hear from this young man, courtesy of GCL Diesel, serving oil country for 45 years with genuine diesel parts at wholesale prices. Here's the shutout king, Cam Talbot. Yeah, I think, like I said before, the more I play, the better I feel and the more confident I get and day in and day out. And uh, anytime you can uh, pick up some big wins, it just kind of carries over and you just feel good going to the next one. So you try and keep carrying this forward. King's very unique approach where they'll just throw pucks almost at will to the goal and hope maybe they outmuscle guys. Talk about the job they did in front. They didn't get a lot of quality chances. Oh, um, that's what I was saying before is the, this is a big team in front and uh, that's what they do. They just they throw pucks, they try to create rebounds and they crash and bang in front. And our guys did a hell of a job in front of our net tonight in the blue paint. Uh, any rebounds that I did leave out there, uh, our forwards were coming down, our D were boxing out and we were clearing those out. So that was a, a big emphasis tonight and we were able to do a job on them. This is a big game for you guys. I mean, the Kings are pretty much the last team that can catch you. You put a nail in their coffin. And you, meanwhile, you moved up on Calgary and, and Anaheim. It was just a pretty solid response in the game that you needed that. Yeah, that's exactly it. Um, we we wanted the two points most of all, but we knew that these guys are chasing us and could have been a four-point swing. And um, you can't let those points get away from you this time of year. So, like I said, we did a, a heck of a job tonight and a uh, great response by our guys. And uh, knew what we had to do, and we came out and got the job done. Ten games left. Read that's Cam Talbot. All right, Brendan Ulrich working the Oilers' room tonight. Talbot, the shutout, back-to-back. -back. Again, his seventh of the season. Second in the NHL. Actually uh, tied for second with Peter Budai, of all people, who the Kings traded to uh, to Tampa Bay. And this is the thing about the Kings. We're going to hear from, uh, from Coach Sutter in a few minutes here as well. Quick went down. Well, but really... Budai did did fine. I mean, mm -hmm. he's not he's not Jonathan Quick. I don't want to suggest that, but goals against for them were, were never the issue this year. It's always been goals for. Yeah, Budai was very very good for them. He gave them a chance. I, this team and, it, and it's weird, you know, Anze Kopitar, who I've been a huge fan of for a number of years, gets a huge huge contract and just is not the player that we've seen in the past. And I don't know if he's going to have a bounce back or if the speed of the game has changed and uh, the bigger, slower players are going to have to play catch-up. But y you just didn't notice him out there tonight. And this is when they desperately need him to be the star that he was. And this L.A. King team, as I said, once they get down two, they don't have the ability to come back from two goals. They just don't score goals. And the margin of error for any of the three goalies, Budai, Bishop, or Quick, is so small that if they let that second goal in, which Quick did tonight. Now it's like, oh, this game is all over. So it, it is a very pressure-packed uh, position in L.A. being a goaltender, knowing that, you know, the offense just isn't there for you. And again tonight, their goaltending was good. Jonathan Quick was good. Two goals against in this league is very good. Unfortunately, their forwards up front just unable to get it done. So 2 nothing. the Oilers win, 780-496-0063. We'll bring Greg onto the show. Greg, thank you very much for calling. Go ahead. How's it going, guys? Good. Go ahead, buddy. Um, so either the Oilers are uh, doing really well or we're really good at brainwashing because uh, uh, my dad went to the game tonight and uh, he had a diehard Vancouver Canucks fan wearing an Oilers jersey tonight. So <laughs> so that's pretty good. Um, I just want to ask you guys, what do you guys think about Pouliot? Uh, I mean, since he's been back, he's been playing 
really, really well. I don't know if it's the line he's on, but he looks rejuvenated and 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 he like some of the plays he made today were were amazing. And I just want to know what you guys uh, have to say about Pouliot. Uh, he he's been fine. Uh, I I think there was a disconnect earlier in the season with him. I I, I don't know. If uh, there was frustration, uh, effort level, I mean, it, it just was he wasn't good enough. And I think through the injury, he sitting in the stands and you're watching your team excel and having this fantastic year and you're up there thinking, you know what, if I get my chance, if I get healthy enough and get back in there, I want to be part of this. And that's what he's playing like. Now he's playing with a little desperation in his game. I think he's benefited from Darade being here, who as uh, a third line center creates. And we haven't seen that here. The third line centers, it more or less has been a, I don't know what to say, a deadline. But there wasn't a whole lot of offense coming from them, not a lot of creativity. And then with well, Cassian on the other side, being a, a guy that gets in on the forecheck, which allows Pouliot to be effective. So, yeah, I think, I think Pouliot has been much better since coming back from the injury. He just needs to continue it. One more question for you guys real quick here. Um, just so everybody knows, uh, you know, the magic number is nine. But in order for the Kings to make the playoffs, they have 10 games left. They have to win all their games to get 20 points. The Oilers need nine, and that's not going to happen. The, 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 the Kings are not going to win. Oh, no, the Oilers win are out. Be, So they're the in. They're, they're in. Yeah. It, it's, it's L.A. is math. competing just, with St. Louis or Nashville, and that's it. it, that's, it, it so it, the Oilers are in. Yeah, it's just like a baseball team having a 15-game uh, division lead with 19 games left. I mean, it's you can't officially say it, but, yeah, they're going to get I, I, I think the way the standings are now, the teams that are in are in. I, the L.A. Kings are just not good enough to go on a – a nine and one, or an eight and two, or a ten and zero streak. They're just—they're not that good this year. Well, they need a Justin Schultz, and they'll be fine. <laughs> Justin Schultz, I watched him play a few times. He's been he's very, very good well. for the Pittsburgh Penguins. Thanks a lot for calling, Greg. <laughs> Thanks, seven, guys. Yeah, seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. We'll go back to the phone lines in a second, but let's go into the Los Angeles dressing room. Their head coach, Daryl Sutter, for Challenge Insurance Group. Challenge creates opportunity. We provide solutions. What, what didn't you have? Alberta against Calgary and Edmonton. You needed both those games and came up short. What didn't you have? Well, we played better tonight than we did last night, so I don't think one applies much to the other one. Like last night we were a slow start team for whatever reason. And tonight I thought we had to turn the puck over once in the McDavid line and kind of got a bad break, I think, on that. On the uh, their power play goal. We could jump there. So. Score the first goal makes a difference for sure. Drew McGinley here at the start of the second period dropped the gloves and caught Patrick Burr in there. Inspiring player. Don't get too deep into it. He's 39 years old. If he doesn't inspire teammates or or fans of Drew, that's, you know, makes you feel good. Not just fight, just to still get that professionalism and that attitude about him. He was, he was one of your more effective. Think back to back when you're trying to, you, hey, you need lots of, you need four lines and six defensemen, it doesn't matter which team you are, you play back to backs and, and uh, he carried his weight, that's for sure. Your team's chances aren't great now. How do you... I think we've been in that for quite a while, though, Mark. You know what? I've, I've said it. I'm not being anything. I knew coming into this season that our division, I said it last summer, our division was instantly better when Calgary made their goaltending changes and and uh, the evolution of this team here and the size they've added and the mix they have. 
San Jose's defending conference champion. I knew it was going to be tough for us, and it certainly proved that. Well, Sutter, the coach of the Los Angeles Kings, they are beaten tonight 2 nothing by the Edmonton Oilers, Maroon and Lucic with goals in the first period. You can get us at 780-496-0063. We'll go to Robert on the line. Robert, thanks a lot for calling. Do we have Robert? Yeah. There we go. Robert, go ahead, buddy. Well, just a couple thoughts on the game tonight. I mean, uh, I mean, what can you say about Talbot? This rock solid again in net, as usual. Always, always giving the boys a chance to win. Yeah, he, he was very good. I mean, <laughs> game in, game out. Cam Talbot has been outstanding, and tonight was just another one of those nights. Yeah, the one on one last thought uh, on uh, McDavid and Maroon. Like th that line, that line again did uh, did well. All the all the damage tonight, and the. Uh, defense uh, locked it down in the third period. Well, you need your best players to be your best players and tonight the, the first line got the offense done and their goaltender who's been uh, superb all year long and got it done in the back end so their best players for the O's were their best players again. And Talbot, the first star of the game McDavid with two assists, he leads the league in scoring the second star Milan Lucic who had a power play goal is the third star. Our fourth star of the game Rob is presented by Missioner Allen Auctioneering Check out maauctions.com for industrial and automotive sale dates. Well, I thought the four-star tonight for me is Patty Maroon. You know, he scores a goal, a big goal at the beginning of, this, uh, of the game with a nice little bunt down the third baseline, hitting it out of the air, <laughs> and, then, and then he fights. Uh, he was physical when he needed to be. I think Patty Maroon has just continued to evolve as a player, and uh, his importance to this team just grows and grows each and every night. 2-0, the Oilers win at Maroon, 25th goal of the season, only 64 seconds in. Got everybody up out of their seats nice and early tonight. All right, Tony is our next caller. Tony, you're on overtime open line. Go ahead. Oh, um, I was just wondering about something. So, first one is, yes, we're in the playoffs. Thank gosh. Ten years, been too long in my opinion. Who do we? Who would be our best team that we could beat to go into the next round and second would you put Laurent Bressois in for the game in Colorado uh possibly for the second question I'm not sure if that's what they're going to do I think they'll wait and see how the game in Anaheim goes and how the standings look I agree with that totally uh as for the best matchup well if you just go off of the regular season they won four straight against the Calgary Flames that matchup uh, seems to be good, although come playoff time it means Calgary nothing. Now, yeah. uh, the Anaheim Ducks, uh, the, the the one factor going against the Ducks is, is Ryan Kessler, whose one and only job will be to stop Connor McDavid. I don't know if either Calgary or San Jose has a player like Ryan Kessler who's as good at his job as Ryan Kessler is. So I don't know. I mean, you don't want to wish for a team then that team comes in and, right. and, and shoots you down. But I think the excitement for me, the excitement of an Edmonton-Calgary first-round series is too much to pass up, so that's what I'm hoping for. 
All right, the Oilers win 2-0 over the Los Angeles Kings. If you're on hold, stay there. We are getting to you. You're also going to hear from Connor McDavid, Todd McClellan, and Jerome Aginla. It's Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Terry Peranish Team Broadcast Centre. This is Overtime Open Line, brought to you by the Canadian Brewhouse. From the Terry Perenich Team Broadcast Center, Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Final tonight, Edmonton 2, Los Angeles nothing. The Oilers win their fourth in a row. They're 39-24 and 9 on the season. Oh, how times have changed against the Pacific Division. They're 14-4-3. Along with Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Thank you so much for tuning in tonight. Before we get back to our phone calls, we'll go downstairs courtesy of GCL Diesel, serving oil country for 45 years with genuine diesel parts at wholesale prices. Here's head coach Todd McClellan. Todd, can you just talk about the start for your team against a team that obviously was going to come out desperate fighting for their playoffs lives and how you guys really seem to control the first part of that game, especially the first 20? Yeah, we, um, you know, in, in watching L.A. play against Calgary last night and knowing how they can play with momentum, um, one of the things that Calgary did really well was control the momentum swings in the game, and and I thought we did that early as well. We established momentum early, and we got after them, and, um, you know, I think that was a, a huge difference in the game. They play well when they get rolling. Back-to-back, um, -back, we put them on their heels a little bit in the first period, which certainly worked to our advantage. You've seen Connor, and obviously he's had a lot of great games. So that first period, he just seemed to be on a different level than everyone else. Do you do you sense that, and, and do you try to even get him on the ice even more to say, "Wow, this could be one of those nights"? I'd like to play him for 60 minutes, but I think we'd uh, run him right into the ground. But he was uh, exceptional. I thought all night, like he usually is. But that first period, he had it on. Uh, he had it on a string, and he made some tremendous plays. You know, what else can you say about him? He just went head-to-head -head against their best and, and did a really good job. <coughs> uh, we just talked to Patrick Maroon, and he, um, I mean, he did what he did tonight. As the, I mean, he's got 25 goals. He's playing on your top line. You love to see him play with an edge, but is it a fine line for him in, in picking spots and, and not taking him? No, uh, I don't think so, not as much. Uh, Patty plays better when somebody's mad at him and not the coach. Um, somebody on the other team. So, um, and I've used that with him a few times. You know, when he kind of goes into a bit of a funk, I ask him who's mad, who's mad at him on the other team. Um, so that's part of his game. That's part of the fabric of who he is and why he got here. He has to maintain that. So, um, and pretty good player engaged him. Uh, wasn't a fourth line player that, that can't score and doesn't get involved in the game. We all have a, a ton of respect for Jerome and and the impact that he can have on a game. All right, that's Oilers head coach Todd McClellan. Oilers winners tonight, 2-0 over the Los Angeles Kings. I mean, he was asked about McDavid's first period. That was a 10 on the my goodness scale. Well, I think the the best play was the play they didn't even score on, is when he went one-on-one -on -one against one of the best in the world and Drew Doughty. And it's funny, that Jeff Carter came down on Oscar Clefbaum earlier in the game and got around him. But Clefbaum, you know, got a big piece of him, grabbed him, and eventually Carter got around him. Carter made a great play, but there was physical contact. The Connor McDavid on Drew Doughty, Connor McDavid went right around Drew Doughty and never got touched. 
Like this, this isn't, he didn't go around some kid that just came up from the minors who's playing his first ever National Hockey League game. He went around one of the best. And we've seen the all those years when Taylor Hall and, and Drew Doughty would go head-to-head and how much fun it was and the intensity and how Drew Doughty wanted to challenge himself against the best on the other team. Well, here was a, he challenged him, and Connor McDavid, uh, like he's done to many players this year, made him look silly. And that was an unbelievable save by Jonathan Quick to keep that one out of the net. So that, if there was a highlight of the game for me, you know, Maroon's goal was cool. The fight was cool. The the the, the great play by Drysdale McDavid to set up Lucic for a goal. But the play, the one-on-one play, McDavid on Dowdy, that to me was the highlight of the game. Got a text here from Adam. He says, one thing I've been loving this season is how the Oilers are able to get a lead and hold on to it for 30 to 40 minutes, something that the Oilers have been missing for the last few years. That's Adam texting in, and really that's a good adjustment of the game for Alberta's chiropractors. Life is the roughest game of all. Feel better, move better, live better with help from your chiropractor. Visit albertachiro.com. I mean, look, the Kings responded. They played with some pride after getting whipped in the first period. But but the third period, I mean, even though they got, uh, well, they only got nine shots on, on net, actually. I mean, there was a lot of perimeter chances. There was a lot of, okay, Talbot's just going to catch it, or there was a lot of guys getting in the way of shots. And oftentimes in the past, Rob, we talked about, well, okay, the Oilers might get 37 shots, but they were boxed out. How many were from the hash marks along the boards? And the Oilers were kind of able to keep the Kings to the outside in the third, I thought. Well, you can't teach someone to, sh- to, to score. It's in you or it's not. You, uh, If you're an offensively born player, you've got it, and it, it's, 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 something, it's magic. But what you can teach is how someone to, to play defense, and all it is is a willingness to, to work hard, a willingness to block shots, a willingness to do the right things. And in the past, the Oilers didn't have enough players that would buy into that. You, you saw cheating here here and there. You would have guys oh, going on the wrong side, on the offensive side of, of, of the player that he was checking, guys getting out of the way of shots, getting blocked, guys seeing, oh, if this bounces over a stick, i got a breakaway, so I'm going to cheat that way. They don't do that now. They do the right things. And if you beat one guy, there's now another guy you have to get to beat. So the Oilers used to be if a guy got beat going to the net and that guy's now walking by himself. It's not. It's a it's a pack mentality now. And we saw in this in this third period, the L.A. Kings shot after shot after shot, wide, 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 because the Oilers' willingness to get into the shooting lanes, yep. the Oilers' willingness to block shots. And when the puck did eventually get in front, there was five Oilers there. And in the past, we didn't see that. You'd have a, the, the overcam looking down, and you'd have three opposition players and two Oilers to get outnumbered in their own net. Not, not no more. So this is a team that's bought into playing a full 60 minutes and a full ice uh, type of game. And because of that, they're a successful hockey club. Well, and, and they showed a highlight during the first period of shortly before McDavid created an offensive chance of him, I, I think it might have been to Foley, centering pass, I mean, it wasn't one of those dramatic, oh, I'm going to come back and body check you or lift your stick and flip it up into the rafters, but just tied up his stick just as the puck got there. And, okay, it looks like an innocent play. Oh, he missed it. Well, if McDavid's not there, back checking, maybe, maybe it's a clean shot from, from 15 feet. So we talk a lot about details. The Todd and the coaching staff talk a lot about that. You know, make your shift, make a difference. Maybe it's going to be the one that decides the game. And, and generally, they've been pretty committed to that. Well, what you, you're seeing now is the Oilers compete without the puck is, is matching their compete with the puck. And in the past, it, it wasn't. They, they competed hard when they had the puck, maybe not quite as hard when they didn't. 
And nowadays, their compete is just as hard. If they don't have the puck, their compete to get the puck back is huge. And, and it's showing, and it's from top to bottom. And you need that. And that's, they beat the LA Kings today playing LA King hockey. This is the same hockey that we saw dominate the Oilers for, you know, the last seven, eight, nine years. And tonight, the Edmonton Oilers were the better team playing that kind of game. I mean, the only bad thing about these low-scoring games is we don't get the Japanese Village goal light, which we got a couple of times last week. We will turn it on on the Oilers page on 630Ched.com whenever they score five or more in a game. Then you can go print up a coupon for a free appetizer to one of the three Japanese Village locations in the city. South side, north side, and the one just a stone's throw from Roger's place. Well, I'd have to throw the stone three or four times to get there. <laughs> Rob's probably strong enough to get it in one throw. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. We'll bring in Andy to the show. Andy, you're going to finish the play with us, but first, what would you like to talk about? I, uh, how's it going, guys? Doing well. I, I listen to nine sixty all the time, and and I, I like nothing better when uh, when Calgary loses. But anyway, when they talk about the Oilers, all all they ever talk about is how Edmonton is driving uh, Cam Talbot into the ground. I'd like to, you know, see what you guys think about that. I I don't I don't agree with that at all. I mean, he's playing as well as he's ever played. Seventy-two games into the season, he's appeared in what was tonight. He's appeared yeah. in 65 of the Oilers' 72 games, and he's gone 140 minutes without allowing a goal. I, I'm going to allow the coach, the player, and the goalie coach. To decide how many Cam Talbot should play, it's 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 easy to make calls from up here in the press box or in a radio yeah. station down the mm-hmm. down the highway. But the only people know mm-hmm. how uh, this is affecting Cam Talbot is the guys down in the dressing mm-hmm. room. If they feel he's healthy enough to continue to play this many games, well, I'm yeah. going to have to go with them and say that they probably know better than we do. Yeah, and one more comment that that teacher Chuck hit on. Uh Drew Doughty? Matthew Kachuk, yeah, he got a... Matthew Kachuk, that that hit is not why Calgary won the game, but the best thing about that hit is all he does is target, now he's targeted his own players because Kings are going to come back and they're going to, you know, try and make up for that, don't you think so? I think they're going to go after him. Yeah, I think they'll try. To I don't think him. they're going to go after Johnny Goudreau to get back at Kachuk. I think so, somebody's so going to go after Kachuk. That's not a. That's not a good. That's not a very smart play by Matthew Kachuk. I don't think. It, it was. It was a dirty cheap shot. And, yeah. Yeah. and from what we've heard, that a players around the league now feel that that's the type of player he is. Mm-hmm. And he plays on the edge, and it's okay, yeah. okay to play on the edge. But once you cross it then all of a sudden, open season on you. Okay, Andy, we're going to finish the play. You've already won an eight-day parking pass to Jet Set We Park. Park cheap and easy. Visit jetsetparking.com. If you're correct here, we'll throw your name into that big drum for the grand prize draw of $1,000 to Integra Tire Auto Center. Visit Integra Tire to experience service you can trust. Integra Tire, experience integrity. Brandon, what do you have? using that big body to whirl away from Kempe. Not once, but twice. He'll take it behind the net. Backhander deflected. All right, that's a uh, Connor McDavid chance. Does he score or not? Uh, I I missed the first period. That's where the scoreboard goes. Say no. So I'm just taking a wild guess here. Say no. Say no. I I have to say no goal. All right. Using that big body to whirl away from Kempe. Not once, but twice. He'll take it behind the net. Backhander deflected. And it just went out the other side of Jonathan Quick. 
Well, McDavid all over the place, didn't score, but gets two assists. Andy, you're in the grand prize draw. Thanks a lot for calling. Stay on the line there so Brandon can take your information down. We got a quick news and weather break here at 1030. You're going to hear from Connor McDavid and Jerome McGinley coming up. Cam, you're next on the phone line. Oilers win 2-0. This is Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Terry Peranich Team Broadcast Centre. Live from the Terry Peranich Team Broadcast Centre, this is Overtime Open Line. Brought to you by the Canadian Brewhouse on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Dry and settle dishes off. McDavid off the rush. A wrist shot followed by Quick, and then the rebound slapped out of midair, and Patrick Maroon has scored 64 seconds into the hockey game. He's got 25, and Edmonton out to an early 1-0 lead. Game winner, an early goal from Patrick Maroon, his 25th of the season. Yeah, he whapped the rebound right out of the air. Milan Lucic would score later in the first period. That would be it for the offense. The Oilers beat the Kings 2-0. Cam Talbot, a 35-save shutout. He has not allowed a goal in the last 140 minutes and 32 seconds. You can text 630-630. This texter says, Adam Larson is a beast. He was great tonight at shutting down the Kings, and he is mean too. <laughs> he plays with a little bit of nastiness. I got a text from a couple buddies tonight watching the game, and they both commented on how uh, he's got a little bit of a mean streak in him, and and he does. You know when when you go up against him, you know that you're going up against him because he'll give you a little shot. He'll he'll smother you in the corner, and if you do him wrong, he'll make sure to do you wrong twice as bad as you're skating away. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. We have Cam standing by. Hey Cam, thanks a lot for calling. Hey guys, uh, another exciting day to be an Oilers fan for sure. Um, I just have a few observations. I guess the first thing is uh, I thought we were like uh, it played two different games today, um, they, but they they rendered LA lifeless, and the progress is unbelievable. Um, like you, the things that were just infuriating a month and a half ago or two months ago, even even when we were playing decent, good hockey, like those things just aren't even part of the picture right now. They're, I, I point to a guy like Pouliot and Nugent Hopkins. Like those guys, their games are just so efficient and, and so much better than they were. And then the other thing I was going to say is, you know, I was afraid that L.A. was going to really come out and there's going to be a pretty stormy first period because they were beaten up last night. And and the puck, it was like the puck was literally on remote control. I, I don't know if you could have played a video game or whether the coach could have actually done anything else. Game, it was just poetry. And it was not flashy. It was just every little thing that happened was efficient and, and almost perfect. And And the other thing, Rob, you touched on it. The, the area in front of the net, or sorry, Reed, you did, the area in front of the net, like just the ability, the little flick of the stick, the, you know, you don't even need to collapse down right now, you know, for the most part when there's puck battles or, or a loose puck there because the, the precision and the body position is just so outstanding. And then my final comment is regarding Kachuk. You know, I'm going to be a little inflammatory here, but that's that whole American hothouse system. They make those kids out to be demigods down there with that hot house USNDTP program they don't have to fit into any type of structure or team environment they get them there they insulate them they isolate them and they and they turn them into into little heroes and you know what 
God bless you, buddy, because it's going to be a long couple of years in the league for that kid. So those are my comments. I just thought I'd just you know, lay them out there, and then you guys can talk about whatever you want to. So thanks very much. Yeah, it was good to hear from you, Cam. Thanks for calling. Uh, yeah, Kachuk was on in the U.S. Uh, development team program a couple of years. Then he was with the London Knights in 15-16, where he had 107 points in 57 games. And, uh, I mean, he's having a good year. He's got 46 points in 68 games for the for the Calgary Flames. Uh, I, I mean, he's 19. I mean, that's an interesting... Um, I mean, nobody wants, Rob, uh, an aggressive, mean player to, to lose his edge, right? Um but I guess the, the, the and you would have played with guys like that and against guys like that. The counterpoint is if you're Calgary Flames coaches and managers, you don't want him in the press box suspended. And he, I mean, it's two games. It's not like he's out for 20, but there's, it is, it, it is walking a line when you play that way. It, it is, but you can stay within the, the, the boundaries. And he didn't, I mean, just, I mean, Drew Doughty is, I mean, he's one of the elite in the world. And to go as he's coming to elbow him in the face like he did, it's like, what are you thinking of? I mean, it, it doesn't make any sense. A, it should have been a five-minute major at the time of the penalty or at the time of the play. I don't know what their call was. I watched the replay a couple times. I don't see the referee put his hand up. But now you're in a dogfight to, to get playoff positioning, and you who are having a very good season are now not in the lineup for two games. It's just dumb. For no reason other than you just wanted to be stupid. I mean, that's that's all it was. It wasn't a heat of the moment doing something. Oh, this guy slashed me. I'm going to slash him. It was premeditated. He had time to think of what he was going to do, and then he did it. And because of that, his team has cost one of its better players for two games. Uh, and there will be repercussions. Drew Doughty is not uh, a he's not a fighter, but Drew Doughty plays with edge. And I, the LA Kings and the Calgary Flames play a number of times every year. I do believe that Drew Doughty will get even with Kachuk over the next year or so and will wink at him afterwards and say, you know what, kid, you got me then. I'm going to get you twice as bad the other way. Tough game for the Flames tomorrow. They play the Washington Capitals as we check the Advantage Trailer Rentals scoreboard. The Predators beat the Coyotes 3-1. Buffalo wins 2-1 in Detroit. The Maple Leafs get a big win, 4-2 over Boston. And Dallas, of all teams, helping out the Oilers by shutting out the Sharks, 1-0. The Oilers beat the Kings, 2-0. So they're four points behind San Jose for first in the Pacific Division. 780-496-0063. I believe we have JP on the line. Hi, JP. Hi, JP. Well, I'll tell you right now. I'll tell you right now, I've had a few drinks tonight. I should not have. I have an early start tomorrow, so I keep you short and sweet. I want to say this this might have been one of the most complete games by the Oilers through CC's men. They bought in like I've never seen before. Shot block, take away the lane, hard on guy. That power play at the end, every one of them. I don't want to swear, butt up, head down, just get into the mix. I love the way they passion tonight with the player. Everyone was buy-in. This is a this is a playoff race. This team wants this. This team wants this. I love this. I love the field in the city. There's an energy. There's an energy in the air. I love this. But I want to say as well, I have to admit, I was impressed. I hear a lot of flack about the ice service, about the ice service at the Rex or the Rex or Chippy, at the Roger. The problem is, 
It's a new building, okay? They're dealing with the king. I know a few guys that work there, and they are working their butt off. The ice in me mine is fantastic for what they are. They have Garth Brooks for four years. They're performing. They have to go through all this type of stuff. And it's a new building. I love what they're doing with the ice, and I, I applaud them. I applaud them. Thank you very much, you guys. Good to hear from you, JP. Oilers beat the LA Kings 2 nothing tonight. Let's go downstairs to assist for the NHL leading scorer, Oilers captain, Connor McDavid. Good game, Connor, where, uh, I mean, your goaltender just uh, makes a, a big difference for you. That's two in a row here. Yep, Tobbs has been great. He's been great for us all year. Um, you know, for him to, to play like that, back-to-back -back games, two, two of the biggest games of the year probably for us. Um, he was great. Yeah, that was something that we didn't like about our game against Vancouver. Uh, you know, we came out with a one nothing lead in the third, and we felt they had way too many chances. Um, you know, they, they could have turned that game around uh, if it wasn't for our, our goaltender. So, um, you know, we want to do a better job coming out in the third, uh, holding on to that lead. Connor, when you see Pat do what he did tonight, I mean, he's obviously willing to do anything that he needs to do for the group. But I mean, that was a tough fight against. Yeah, a tough that was guy. that was a, a ballsy fight. Um, you know, two of them. Uh, we're, we're just going out. It was a war. Um, it was fun to see, fun to watch. Um, you know, and, and you know, all the boys love that. Um, it definitely doesn't go unnoticed. So, just for the guys, and, and um, we uh, we love them for that. Read that's Connor McDavid. The goals and those two markers means Booster Juice is going to donate fifty dollars to the Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation. They give 25 for every goal. You can follow the total on the Oilers page on 630Ched.com. Booster juice, an oasis of freshness in a fast-paced world. Along with Rob Brown, I'm Reid Wilkins, 780-496-0063. Here we go. He's become a, a bit of a regular on overtime open line. Superfan Magoo calling in this evening. SFM, were you at the game tonight? Whoa, no, I was not at the game, man, but I got there like later on uh, towards the end of the game to get the crowd going and stuff. So, so wait, you weren't at the game, but where, but you got here. Where did you go later to get the crowd going? I went right to Rogers, man. Oh, you were like just outside or in Fort Hall? Yeah, well, I got there about 10 minutes left in the game. I had to get dressed up and stuff because I had family stuff to do this evening. Okay, good man. So did you see much of the game? I saw it on the screen outside, like watching uh, the TV. Good. Yeah. Right but on. I was... But I was going to tell you something and let everybody know out there that Talbot is reminding me of the way Rollison played back in 06. You think so? Yes, I think so. And 2006, man, this, if there's people out there that never experienced the city here in 2006, you are about to experience something electrifying. Well, Superfan Magoo, you're going to be the one plugging in the electricity or flicking the switch or being That's like right, an electro. That's right, I'm going to flick the switch to all of the city. Love you guys. Woo! <laughs> there we go. Superfan Magoo, fired up. Oilers beat the LA Kings 2-0. You'll hear from Jerome Ginla when we get back. It's Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Terry Perandish Team Broadcast Center. This is Overtime Open Line, brought to you by the Canadian Brew House. From the Terry Perenich Team Broadcast Center, Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Oilers' fourth straight victory in Camp Talbot's second straight shutout. It's a 2-0 Oilers decision over the Los Angeles Kings. The Kings with a familiar 
player wearing an unfamiliar number. Number 88 for Jerome McGinley. Here he is for Challenge Insurance Group. Challenge creates opportunity. We provide solutions. So what are you doing fighting a guy who's 11 years younger and 20 pounds heavier? <laughs> oh, it's uh, yeah, it's not an age thing. It's uh, uh it's just a weight thing. Wow, well, you can't really pick your spots like that. But that's uh, part of it. It's uh, it's you know just want to uh, battle and, and compete. At that point, we're just looking to to you know get more into it and and uh, anything um, you know they're rolling pretty good and um, they came out really strong in the first period and uh, we were trying to push back there in the second and, and third was it mission accomplished well it's it's just part of the game it's um, you know we uh, mission accomplished would be winning the game but um, we uh, I thought we got better after the first period we've been getting ourselves in some big holes and it's uh, against some good teams and um, it's hard to to fight back, and uh, they uh, they played uh, good with the lead, and uh, but I thought we had some some push there, and you know for probably the last half of the game we had uh, some good momentum, and unfortunately we couldn't uh, get that one, and it felt like if you could get that one, maybe you know that next is coming, but wasn't uh, the case, and uh, give them credit, they played a good game uh, with the with the lead. These two young Alberta teams are getting faster and better, and will continue to do so. Uh, this team's a little bit older. How are you going to compete, not just for the rest of this year, but heading into the future here in LA? Oh yeah, I don't. Uh, you know, I'm not too worried about the the future. But yeah, they're they're two good teams um, uh, for sure, and and uh, you can see that they they're both two young teams that have some swagger, and and uh, you know the Weathers have had a really good year, and um, you know the Flames have really uh, come on in the like the last 13 games or whatever it is it's it's impressive so um i mean it's going to be fun for the the fans and and bring that uh that battle up a notch uh, between the, the two cities again for a while and i know that's a fun as players and uh it'll be a, a lot of fun for years uh, for the fans Right, thanks. thanks. Scott Johnson working the Kings dressing room tonight. That is Jerome Aginla. His Kings lose 2-0 to the Oilers. Along with Rob Brown, I'm Reid Wilkins, and we have Fred on the open line. Hey, Fred, welcome to the show. Hey, boys. How are you tonight? Very good. Me too. You know what? We built a cup back in 1990. Uh, me and a couple of buddies, one's passed on since, so we're going to refurbish the cup. And you know what? I'm going to call it right now. We're going to the Cup this year. That might be crazy, but come June, he'll go, geez, remember when Fred, it was uh, February, what day is it, uh, or March 22nd? March. <laughs> remember that? Fred, when he said that, he, we thought he was crazy. But you know what? I'm calling it right now. I Why think not? Reed should have you on his show if the Oilers win the Cup and say this uh, man called it in March. Well, Fred's been on several times. He's always welcome to call in. Look, they're going to be in the tournament. So like Rob and I have said, uh, I mean, I, I didn't think San Jose was going to make the final last year. You get in the tournament, you get hot, you get scoring, you get goaltending. They they won the Western Conference. And let's face it, you don't – okay, this is going to sound dumb, but just let me make my point here. You don't have to beat all the other 15 teams that are in. you got to beat one team at a time, and sometimes all right. other teams get knocked out along the way. Like if the Oilers can win the Pacific Division – they don't have to then beat Chicago and Minnesota. I mean, only one of those teams is going to survive. So, I mean, maybe you get a favorable matchup or a team at the right time. At least there are some, you know, maybes that might work out in your favor. You can't win the Stanley Cup. 
unless you make the playoffs. And the Oilers right now are going to make the playoffs. So one step is accomplished. And now let's just let's just enjoy the ride right now because it is going to be a fun last 10 games as they try to battle for a division uh, title, battle for home ice advantage in the first round. And the way they're playing right now, who's to say they can't do both? All right. 780-496-0063. We have Brady. Hello, Brady. Hey, how you doing, Rob? Doing good, doing good. Well, that's good. Uh, first of all, I want to I want to talk about Lucic, but I guess I'll comment to Fred's comment there. Uh, you know what? There's a lot of intangibles on this team that I like, and uh, you said it, you know, you get in. You never know. There always seems to be, you know, every couple of years, a, a team that maybe is deeper in the standings and does some damage. So who knows? Uh, but bringing me to my, uh, my point that I wanted to call in about, uh, people have been real hard on the land this year. I think you've heard probably a lot of comments that are hard on Lucic. I, I love the way Milan played tonight. I think, you know, that he, you talk about, you know, he's making six million bucks, but man, like he, he played the way he needed to. And, you know, you talk about he's net front presence. He saved the goal there, I think, in the, in the second period. He's a big body in front of our net, too. What do you think of Milan tonight? You're right, yeah, Kopitar, he, he took Kopitar's backhand away and stopped the goal. And there was another really good play tonight. Uh, Drew Doughty came in and made a little dangle and tried pulling it around Lucic to get a good shot, and he was walking in, and Lucic got down and blocked the shot. Those are the little things that, uh, uh, that some of the players that have come over from other organizations have brought to this team, the, the willingness to do the little things. And if your leaders are doing it, like a Milan Lucic, everyone has to follow suit. So, yeah, I agree. I thought Milan was very good tonight. Yeah, and, and I mean, thanks for calling, Brady. I mean, we still got some text tonight, Rob, even after a win. Well, Nugent Hopkins and Everly are overpaid. They don't, they don't do enough. I mean, we're, I think for now we're, we're, we're past that discussion. You know, in the, in the summer, who knows what could happen with the roster. That line is playing better. Yep. The Nugent Hopkins and Everly have the amount of points that you would hope a $6 million player would have. No. Okay, fair enough. But they they got to be effective in in other ways. And quite frankly, I thought Nuge might have been the best Oiler on Saturday night through the first two periods. Yeah, he, he was, was, che he was checking yeah. with the he had the most energy on the forecheck. So yeah, yeah I agree with you. Yeah, yeah. So right I, now, it's not necessarily about salaries or trades. I, I think it's about can can everything work together? Can the machine work? effectively between now and whenever the playoffs Yeah, are. I mean, well, the, the LA Kings have a $10 million man who does not look very good right now. I, you, you can't look at, yeah, don't look at contracts. Just look at what they do on the ice and, and, and if they're competing, if they're working hard, if they're doing all the little things, if the details are getting done. I mean, I, I'm having a hard time finding a lot of faults in a team that was 29th in the National Hockey League last year. It's about to go to the playoffs. It just knocked off the LA Kings that is battling for a division title. No, th this is a team that uh, has played very well, and I think they deserve a lot of credit for how far they've come. All right, next broadcast will be on Wednesday. Oilers at Ducks. Face-off show at 6.30. Game will start at 8. Thanks to Brandon Graziano, our studio producer this evening. Our engineer here at Rogers Place, Troy Bowler. Oilers 2, Kings nothing. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. You've been listening to Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Terry Perandish Team Broadcast Centre. Have a great night.